is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Welcome to today's episode. I am really excited for my very special guest, someone whom I've never had on this podcast before, although I've mentioned him several times. I'm really pleased to bring on to the podcast my husband and fellow trainer and consultant, Mark Schuler. Mark has a master's in clinical psychology, and he had his own private therapy practice where he worked with families, individuals, children for almost 30 years. That's one of the reasons why he is such an asset to the Schuler Group, because he brings that background and experience and expertise, and then we apply that to the organizations with whom we work. So, Mark, thank you for being on this podcast with me. <laughs> well, thank you, my lovely wife and CEO. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I do find it interesting. You have, I believe by now you have more than 100 of these episodes. And so it's interesting that finally I am graced with the, you know, interview and you've interviewed other people uh recently so yes and uh she gave me a great introduction and yes i resemble all of that i'm also the chief people officer of the schuler group and i believe that title was given to me because of the background that you just heard about yes so Thank you again for gracing us with your presence and uh, my allowing you to grace us with your presence. You can see that uh, we have a little bit of fun with the work that we do. The reason why I wanted to do this episode, Mark, and why I really wanted you to be on this was because I have been observing, and I know you have too, a particular organization and the fact that in my opinion, you're, there's abuse going on. And I know with your background as a therapist and, you know, we all probably have been touched by some form of abuse, whether personally or we know somebody. So some of us are familiar with the cycle of abuse and cycle of violence. And so that's where I want to start about that idea of the cycle of abuse, the cycle of violence. Yes, we think of that in terms of, I guess, a family dynamics, family systems, mm -hmm. but that it also can occur in companies and organizations. Well, and what's interesting about that is, as you've said, my background is, is in essentially doing either one-on-one -on -one or one-on-family therapy. And one of the things that we studied in my therapy school was about family systems and about dysfunctional family systems. And there's a lot around that. And so I could, I could enter it in a couple of places here because there's several different things that we could talk about in relation to that. And what I've realized with working with the Schuler Group and the company that we work with is that the dynamics are very similar in business or potentially very similar. Um, the cycle of violence you mentioned, well, if you have an abusive authority figure, then you could have a similar cycle. The 
the person who stays in an abusive relationship has low self-esteem issues, and that's what we you know, have discussed when we talk about individuals in these kind of situations. When you have that in a work situation, of course, what you have is, well, I could lose my job, and I'm going to get another job, and et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, they're probably right. I should have done better at this. I should have done better at that. If you get the abusive management piece, you can have someone who feels like, well, maybe I should have done better. Maybe I should have, whatever. Now, I'm, I'm going to try not to go to too many different places here. I'm, I'm going to try to keep some kind of a track, but there's a whole lot involved in what we're talking about here. So some of you may be familiar with the difference between the Japanese business model and the good old USA business model. Now there may be, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the European, I'm just going to go to those two right now. But in the Japanese model, if there's a problem with an employee, where do they look? They look to the manager. Who's above them? That's the person they're going to talk to, that's the person they're going to look at. Traditionally, in the good old American USA American model, that's not quite the case. There's a tendency to look to the employee. What's wrong with this employee? Now, I'm going to say that. I'm going to fold back around to the family therapy system model because what traditionally happens in a dysfunctional family system is we, as a therapist, I would get somebody called the identified patient. And what that means is they're the person that the family decides is the problem. So traditionally, it's going to be an acting out children, you know, acting out child. And what happens in that instance is that they're going to bring this child, teenager, whatever, to the therapist and say, they're acting out in school, the principal, you know, has been called several times, whatever the story is. This kid is a problem kid. Fix this kid. And of course, if you're looking at it in the systems term, there's a whole lot more involved in that. Because why is this child acting out or this teenager acting out? There's probably several different reasons and we have to investigate that. So now let's go back to what you're describing, which is a company, a business, where somebody in a higher up position is pointing the finger and actually being abusive towards employees and saying these, whatever, one, two, three employees are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Why aren't they doing that? You know, what are we going to do? Fire them, etc. I actually want to step back a little bit because you and I get this from certain levels, but I want to make sure that our listeners are, are keeping up with us. We all, you know, have seen the stories, the movies. Again, many of us may have either experienced it or we know people who have. Let's take the stereotypical abused wife where her husband, you know, beats her. And it can be for all manner of transgressions. Dinner was late. She didn't iron his shirts right. Whatever it could be. And 
then the woman, the, the abused wife, says, well, you know, he's right. I did get dinner late three times this week, and I should have done a better job with ironing those shirts. I know better, and boy, I, it's, it's really all my fault. And it, it may sound like I'm trivializing this or making it really basic, but that really is what happens. We, we've, we've all heard it, seen it, whatever it is. And Mark, I know that as a therapist, you've definitely seen that happen. As an observer of all that, we can be disgusted and say, isn't it obvious to the wife that her husband is mm-hmm. a jerk? And that, no. So what if she got dinner late on the table five minutes or she didn't get the right amount of starch on the shirt or whatever it might be? The guy is a jerk. She shouldn't put up with it. She should leave. It's obvious to us. Um, Sometimes it's obvious to the wife eventually and she does leave. Sometimes not. What I have found myself is in observing exact behavior, it just manifests differently, in an organization where a leader is being just as abusive and the employees act just like the wife in the story that I related. Oh, yeah, I deserve that. I haven't been doing as good of a job. I needed that kick in the pants to really get motivated. But the observer in me is just as disgusted by that behavior as it is by the behavior of the abusive husband. And that's what really prompted me to want to bring you on, Mark, and have this conversation because, yes, I think most of our listeners would agree that the situation with the abusive wife and the husband is is obvious. My query is, is it as obvious in an organization, in a company? Now, that's a very interesting question because the dynamics are slightly different. For one thing, people can quit in a company. But for another thing, the the dynamics of working in a company are about security, survival, whatever. If you look at, you know, am I going to get a paycheck at the end of the week or the month or whatever? And so how much, how much am I going to put up with to get a paycheck? That's, that's a big part of what goes on with that particular dynamic, the abusive dynamic. And I don't, you would probably know more what the statistics are about this, but because, and, and I know you have them somewhere and you've probably talked about them on this very podcast um, about how many people are dissatisfied with their current employment situation and would quit in a heartbeat if they had a guarantee of security, job, paycheck. I actually do have a statistic for you. So Dawn comes through to save the day. (laughs) 65% of employees who quit their jobs or leave a job for another one do so because of toxic management. 65%. It's not necessarily just because a better opportunity or a better paycheck. That may be what they tell 
the person in their exit interview, but 65% of people leave because of their boss or management or the culture. Well, and in the, in the age that we're in now, it's a, it's an employee's market. It seems to be so that I believe that I believe that statistic. The, the thing is that it's the same and different, slightly different dynamic as the abused spouse or whatever. What, where's my security? What am I going to do? If I leave this situation, what, what's going to happen? It's very classic, uh, uh, abused wife and not so much abused husband, but, but there's different dynamics there. Um, so that's the, I, I, hesitate to use the word glue but that's but that's what's keeping people in these situations that are not ideal and are definitely uh, not supportive and healthy um, so now we come to the interesting question of what to do about situations like this right because in the scenario that I mentioned the ideal would be for the woman to leave. And the reason I say ideal is, and I asked you this question before we actually got on to this interview, was have you ever known, worked with, heard of an abuser, a perpetrator, changing their colors, so to speak, reforming? And I answered... Uh, rarely, if ever, and I can't think of one in the moment. I also mentioned, how do you define an abuser? People who just don't know and have lost their way are different than people who are actual abusers. Well, and I think, I, I mean, the definition I'm using or, you know, my internal unspoken definition is an abuser is an abuser, someone who's truly abusing. I don't mean someone who's gotten caught up in a situation, you know, whatever, but someone who is truly abusive and is treating yeah, and, and their family or their people badly. And continues it as a pattern. Yes. Very rarely has that been corrected. And if it is, it's usually because they have gotten to a place where they, they've hit bottom and they have to go to somebody and figure out, how to correct the situation. Absolutely. I just did an episode called The Light Bulb Has to Want to Change Itself. Yes. That that change at that level is not going to happen unless the person in the abusive husband-wife scenario wants to change himself. And let's apply that to an organization. Unless the organization, the leadership, the executive team, the, the CEOs want to effect change. So we also talked about the fact that it's probably not going to happen if the CEO is, is, the, is the toxic individual in the company. So it's obvious what happens or what could happen ideally in that husband-wife scenario. The wife probably needs to leave. So what happens in an organization where someone in leadership in the management chain is abusive. How does that problem get solved? Because 
That's what we do, by the way, right? We want to come in and solve some of these personnel problems, and we've done it, but only in certain cases, and we'll probably say a little bit about that. But let me ask my question again. What do you do when it's someone in the leadership or the management chain who's abusive? What's the solution? Well, and and of course, the immediate solution or the the most obvious solution is to go to a higher up and hopefully the higher up is much healthier and is going to be able to see the situation and deal with it by either helping the leadership learn better functioning or they're going to say, sorry, you're out of here. Well, and (laughs) I mean, like we said, ideally... Wouldn't it be wonderful if the abuser changed his or her colors and reformed? And as we just talked about, that's likely not to happen unless they are motivated to do that. So Mark tends to be more positive and optimistic (laughs) than I am. So he's like, well, maybe they can help them out. Because I think what you're really saying is just like with blight on a plant, the only way to make the plant healthy is, is to, to cut, cut off the blight. Yes, that is most likely the case. And so what I'd say is, so then what are the steps? And I think first one is awareness, that there has to be awareness that this abuse is happening. Yes. And again, hopefully by that leadership higher up. And then the second step is acknowledging that this is unacceptable behavior. It is not okay to abuse. It is not okay to create that culture of shame. It is not okay to treat your people like dirt. And in that case, when someone's at that manager level, then probably they need to be removed. So then that begs the question, what happens when the abuser is at the top of the chain? And you expect me to answer that. <laughs> I think it's, a, I know it's a hard question. And, and unfortunately, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your answer, but I have a feeling your answer is going to be similar to mine and it's not going to be pretty. So I believe, I think the real question is who's asking? You know, is it is it the is it the lowly employee who's who's you know way down at the bottom? Is it mid range management? Whatever, because and not that not that the answer isn't the same for all those people. It's just that somebody who's who's a mid range manager is going to have feel like they have more to lose than a lowly employee who's just going to say, "This is intolerable. I'm out of here." It, what I believe is it may take more for the person who's higher up to say, this is intolerable, I'm out of here. And yet, if the top of the chain is the toxic area, then there's not much else that can happen. I, I mean, what is the, the phrase, the, the fish stinks from the head? The fish stinks from the head, yes, that's the phrase. And so our answer dear listeners, is that unfortunately, if 
that abuser is at the top of the chain, the top of the leadership change chain, unless they want to change, there's probably no hope. It's probably not going to get better. We've seen this in organizations where there's been hope and if we could just put this process in place, if we could just put this communication system in place, if we could just do this training, if we could implement this or that or the other thing, and after a while, you find out it's not making a difference. And then when you see key people leaving through a pretty much revolving, constantly revolving door, it's a sign that more than likely things are not going to change when that toxicity and abuse comes down from above, from the CEO, the president, the owner level. And that's pretty sobering. Yes, it is. And, and the, uh, you brought up something that is a pattern that you can spot as well, which is what I call the honeymoon period. Because what you have in a company like you're describing where the CEO is the toxic element is you'll have the honeymoon period where they bring in new people. It's all new. It's flashy. It's great. We're going to change everything. It's going to look wonderful. You know, and then three, four, five, six months down the road, things start to go south because they're going to go south inevitably. And eventually those people are going to leave it didn't work, so now we're going to, you know, oh, wait, the reason it didn't work is because of whatever explanation. We're bringing in all these new people, and they're going to fix the situation, and that's a cycle that happens. And sometimes these companies can go on for a while, and sometimes after two or three of these, they just don't have the, they don't have what it takes and there's, uh, what do you want to call it, top-heavy, it collapses. Yes. So this ended up being a little more um, of a downer episode than, uh, <laughs> than I thought it might be. And it's usually because we're all about solutions. The Schuler Group is about taking organizations and companies and moving them forward and helping them thrive and be sustainable into the future. And... I have another thing to say though because we actually did something like this we didn't have quite a toxic ceo at the top but we had somebody who really wasn't managing people material and we helped shift that role so that that person didn't have to be as much managing of people as the person who was second in command and it changed the dynamic of the company greatly so how's that for trying to bring this into a positive? I see. Sense? So you're still trying to solve the problem <laughs> of that, you know, the top level abuser. And so what you're saying is move them out of the role and maybe into a role that's more suited for them. Yes. That, that could work. And... Hopefully that person is willing to be moved out of his or her role. Which in the case that I'm describing, definitely they, they was. Because he knew he wasn't really suited for people. For managers. That's true. That's true. All right. So see, there we go. There you go. We just solved that problem. We moved the toxic person, 
if they're at the top of the chain, out of that role into less of a day-to-day operations, managerial role, maybe they're the figurehead, maybe they're the visionary, whatever it might be, and let other people actually be in charge of running the organization. All right, so there you go. I hope you have enjoyed this different kind of episode on the When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. I would love to hear your feedback, and I'm sure, Mark, you would too. Uh, I definitely would. So you can do that by going to www.theshulergroupllc.com, find this podcast episode, and leave your comment, because I think that abuse happens more in organizations than we'd like to believe. We certainly don't want to believe that it happens in families and and in private homes, and we know it does. And I think that there's not a lot of bringing to light toxic cultures, abusive managers, and the like, and let's do something about that. So thank you for listening. Again, pop on over to theshulagroupllc.com, leave a comment. And until next time, may you thrive.